of a four-part series uh, called Divine Direction and how we need divine direction concerning so many things that are taking place today. Last week I said in 41 years of ministry, the question I get asked the most is how do I know God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? And we took a look at that, those questions last week. And last week, I also gave you the key thought throughout this whole series. The key thought is this. The decisions that we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Wow. Let me put it this way. We make our decisions, and then our decisions make us. We make our decisions, and those decisions make us. That can be scary, can it? But it also lets us know how important decisions are. Now, along with that, we make our decisions, and our decisions make us. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure because I always want to make the... How many always make the perfect decision? (laughs) But we always want to make... It's so much pressure. Now, along with that pressure comes choices. Growing up as a child, I had one choice. It was Cheerios. And it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I had two choices, either regional or cinnamon nut. Three years later, they came out with apple cinnamon. So when I was 18, I had three choices, regular, uh, cinnamon nut, or apple cinnamon. And then it wasn't until... Nine years later, when I was 28, come on, Honey Nut Cheerios came out. So at the age of 28, I had four choices of cereal. When I was a kid, my mom went to the grocery. She would say, Jeff, do you want me to get some Cheerios? Sure. Do you know what that conversation would be like today? Jeff, I'm going to the groceries. Do you want me to pick up some Cheerios? Sure. What kind? Well, Mom, it's fall. Uh, see if they have the limited edition pumpkin Cheerios. Did you even know there was a pumpkin Cheerios? Well, they don't always have that. Well, then my second choice, Mom, would, would, would be the chocolate Cheerios. Well, they don't always have that. Well, then how about the Frosted Cheerios? Well, I don't even think they make Frosted Cheerios. Mom, they, it's the blue box, not the blueberry ones, but the Frosted ones. And Mom, it's really important. Make sure, if you get any of the Cheerios, make sure they have the heart-shaped bowls because they're the ones that are healthy for you because all of the Oak Crunch with the, they have round bowls. They don't have the heart bowls. These aren't healthy for you. But they taste a lot better than any of the other ones. <laughs> Choice. Hey, just out. Well, I'm losing my track. Where, where is it? Uh, there's a new one that just came out. May of this year. Honey Vanilla. Now, you, you want to hear the sad thing? 
My favorite one's not even up here. Chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. If you could find them, if you want to bless your pastor... The other day, I went to go watch the Mets. Listen, when we were kids, when, when we were kids, what did Pastor Paul pray about uniting? Um, <laughs> hey, it was simple. Nine was the Mets, 11 were the Yankees. Anytime I want to watch the Mets, I have to Google how to watch the Mets today. How to watch the Yankees. Because they're on all many different stations. Growing up, it was 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 12. Hey, Optimum, if you just get basic, you got 50 plus channels. If you get core, you got 220 channels. If you get select, you have 340 channels. If you get premiere, you have 420 plus channels. I googled how many channels. There's over 1,700 channels today. And I don't know about you, but growing up, when it came time, hey, mom, what are we having for dinner? We're ordering out. You know what that meant? Pizza. Ordering out meant pizza because that was the only place you could order out in rural California. There was this, and it wasn't, well, what one are we going to? There was only one we went to. You didn't have a choice. And for some of you who grew up in more of a metropolitan area, maybe you had a choice of what pizza place you were going to order from, or you always had the Chinese takeout from around the corner. Today, all you need is a certain special apps on your phone, and you have the choice of anything you want to be delivered right to your home. Along with pressure, we have choices which makes decision-making all the more sometimes impossible because we live in an era of unlimited options. And they say that this younger generation has a difficult time making decisions because of all the choices. But many people believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus is going to show you exactly what he wants you to do, and you'll be 100% sure there'll be no doubt, and as a result, there'll be no problems to face, no obstacles to overturn. Kumbaya, my Lord, thank you for guiding me in everything I need. But that is not necessarily true all the time. We wish it were true. Now, in Scripture, let me say this. When Paul was on his second missionary mission trip in Acts chapter 16, Paul has a vision. In the night, he had a vision. After Paul had seen the vision, he got up at once, ready to leave for Macedonia, and concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel in Macedonia. After the Holy Spirit had, had, had prohibited Paul to preach in other areas. In the normal night, he had a vision of a man calling out in Macedonia, come over and help us. Please help us. Aren't you glad that when God, aren't you glad for the times God reveals to you in a vision what he wants you to do? I don't see anybody. So let me ask the question. When was this last time through a vision God told you what to do? (laughs) Come, because it's not always the norm. But we read it, and we want it to be the norm. 
But then there are other times, like Paul when he writes to the church at Corinth, perhaps I'll stay with you a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Sometimes the direction is specific. Other times it's perhaps a while, wherever I go. And sometimes God leads us. The steps of a good man are, and sometimes it's a step at a time, not even knowing where we are going. And he just leads us along the way. How do I know that? Well, the Lord says in Psalms 32, check this out. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Now, listen to this next part. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and a bridle. What is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, I have given you understanding. I have given you free will to decide. And may I say something? Thank God he doesn't control us with a bridle and a bit. But he has given us free will. And that through his instructions and through his counseling, we can make decisions step by step. Sometimes he'll give us a vision of what we're to do. Other times it's step by step. Last week we looked at his instruction and his counsel. The who before do and the why before what. If you weren't here, it sounds really confusing, but it's real simple. Once you know who God wants you to become, once you're conformed and are being conformed into the image of God, what you are to do becomes a little bit easier to see. And the why before the what. We always want to know what, but God says, I want, you, I want to know the motive, because God weighs the motive of our hearts. So once you know the true motive, it's easier to know what it is that God wants you to do. God sometimes gives us a vision. We'll make it direct. But sometimes it's just step by step where God gives us wisdom, understanding through his teaching and through his counseling where to go, what decisions to make. So the whole message today is wisdom to discern. Wisdom to discern. We need wisdom in discerning what it is that we are to do. Now, Oxford Dictionary says wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. I have always said wisdom is the application. Wisdom is applying experience, and knowledge that results in good judgment. Let me give you an example. We see in Scripture that wisdom is the, one of the most important traits you are to pursue. Wisdom is one of the most important traits you are to pursue. When Solomon becomes king, in 1 Kings chapter 2. 
He's to offer a sacrifice. He's to offer up a bull. But you read how Solomon loved the Lord so much. Solomon was so extravagant. Remember the widow woman who broke the alabaster jar and anointed the feet of Jesus and that perfume was worth over a year's wage? Solomon was so extravagant, instead of offering a bull, he offers a thousand bulls as an offering, as a burnt offering. And there at that extravagant place of worship, at Gideon that night, the Lord appeared to Solomon during a night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Whoa. Now, there's a dream a lot of us would like to have. Ask whatever you want. And Solomon, he doesn't ask for riches. He doesn't ask for power. He doesn't ask for peace and contentment that all of his enemies would be destroyed. What does he ask for? Wisdom in leading as a king. Give me wisdom to discern what is right and what is wrong. Give me wisdom so I can make decisions that will honor you. And God gives to him wisdom along with all the other stuff he could have asked for. Now we get a glimpse in Proverbs chapter 4 of just how important wisdom is. Solomon says, Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get sound judgment. Good judgment, some translations say. Get understanding. Wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, if you don't think it's important, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been asked this question? If you had it to do all over again, would you like to do your high school years over? Would you like to do your college years over? And here is how some people answer. I would love to only if I could go back and have the wisdom that I have today. Many people say that. Hey, I I don't want to go back to my college years. I don't want to go back to my high school years. But if I could go back with the wisdom that I have today, maybe I'll give it a try. So wisdom. Wisdom to discern. How do we get wisdom? Three simple thoughts. They're real simple today. And we'll go through these real quick. Number one. You got to ask. There is a promise and a prayer in Scripture that God will always answer. There is a promise and a prayer in Scripture that God will always answer. It's found in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any lack wisdom, you should ask God, who generously gives it to all without finding fault, And it will be given to him. That is a promise and that is a prayer. That if you are in a situation 
where you need wisdom, you just ask God. And he's not going to fault you for it, but he's going to give you generously. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the nine so-called gifts of the Spirit, think about them for a moment. You know what the first one is? Wisdom, knowledge, faith. Take it backwards. Faith to know that to act upon the knowledge is wisdom. Faith to act upon knowledge is wisdom. Then there's healings, gifts of miracles, prophecy, discernment. Boy, there is something that we need today is discerning the spirits, tongues, and interpretation. And later on in James says this, you do not have because you don't ask God. You want wisdom? You need wisdom? God's not always showing you what to do through visions and dreams. Ask for wisdom that he leads you step by step. Secondly, walk. Walk? <laughs> I love Proverbs thirteen twenty. Many of you will be able to uh, understand and identify with this real quick. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. When you walk with the wise, what do you become? When you run around with wrong people, what happens? Wrong things happen. How did Lot, Abraham's nephew, end up in a cave with his two daughters pregnant through incest? Come on. Because Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom and made friends with that wicked city. As a result, that decision was disastrous upon him, upon his wife who becomes a pillar of salt, upon his two daughters, and upon Israel. Well, how did that decision affect Israel? Because out of that ungodly relationship with his daughters, Ammon and Moab, you get the Ammonites and the Moabites. It was the Ammonites and the Moabites who paid Balaam to put a curse on Israel. And the Ammonites and the Moabites were always a thorn in the flesh to the Israelites. Pastor Matt, I so appreciated your prayer today for 9-11. And I'm also reminded that tomorrow will be 11 months since my good friend Dave Greco passed away. It's hard to believe. When I think of walk, he who walks... It's not he who asks the wise grows wise, but he who walks. He who does life with the wise. I am so thankful for the time I was able to do life with my good friend Dave Greco that any time I needed to, I could call him. And he was a great man of wisdom who always gave great advice. Remember the times of travel with him. Travel to third world countries, planning mission trips, and taking young people from New Jersey on mission trips. 
One of my most favorable moments was just running the beach in Panama with him. We were runners. But more so than just hearing his wisdom was watching his life. The first time I ever stayed in a hotel room with Dave, the first thing he did when he got into the room, he unplugs the TV and says, we won't be needing that. What great wisdom. Who are you doing life with? We need strong believers. We need fellowship constantly with strong believers because coming to the church just for one hour a week, doing a little uh, devotional every day, it, it doesn't adequately equip you from allowing the world to squeeze you into this mold. You know, we live in where you work is probably so worldly and, and so sinful. I know the place where I work is so worldly and sinful. No, <laughs> I, I'm so fortunate, man. What an awesome staff and secretaries and bookkeeper. But I know that I'm not like a lot of you. You're in a place where you hear curse words constantly and filthy jokes and the values are not the same values that you carry and oh how we need one another that's why life groups that's why we're better together that's why get involved in a life group and it's simple these days you you can just stay in the comfort of your home with your pajamas on and go virtual do it zoom But at least you're with people doing life, having experiences with strong believers to encourage you to move on. Get a part of life groups. That's, man, let me. That's why every parent needs their teenager innovation youth. After services on Wednesday nights, I go over and I just, I just look at the caliber of the youth leaders. We have an awesome group of youth leaders who, who have gone through, many of them gone through the youth program, many of them gone through the teenage years. What better people for your teenagers to do life with than the quality youth leaders we have over there? And then there's Miss Lisa. I'm telling you what. Moms, their dads, there may be something your daughter doesn't feel comfortable sharing with you, but I'm telling you what, there's no better person to share it with than Miss Lisa. And Pastor Paul, he's the bomb. He loves young people. He has a heart for young people. Do you know he's doing a small group, a men's accountability group, on Thursday nights, he was telling me all the different resources out there to help keep men accountable with all the temptations out there. But here's the problem. Pastor, if I put my name on that list, people will think I have a problem. Not me. If I see your name on that list, I'm going to say, there's a man who wants to glorify God in his life. Man, I got to keep moving. The spring of my sophomore year, I was 16 years old. I gave my heart to Jesus. 
I was on the golf team in high school, eight of us, and they were all eight kids who had high morals. They weren't the partying type. So when I first gave my life to Christ, I had one foot in church, one foot in school, and I was doing fairly well. That summer, hanging around all the church kids, I did so well. Going back to high school, my junior year, I was on the soccer team. Uh, it, it, we, were, uh, um, we, we won the conference that year. We went to the States and lost in the States finals 2-1. to one. We had an awesome soccer team. And there was no way I was going to miss that. But my soccer team friends were not like my golf friends. My soccer team friends were a, a bunch of partiers. And all of a sudden... I started to drift. You know, if you hang around the fools, you become fools. And I remember the fall after soccer season was over. I decided it was time to be all in for Jesus. I was tired with living one foot in the church and one foot in the world. It was straddling a pricket fence, and that hurts after a while. And I decided I'm going to be all in for Jesus. I decided no more after-school activities, no more sports. I, I started going to uh, uh, t- teenage Bible studies. We, I became in, totally active in youth and, and church, which leads me to my third point. How do you get wisdom? You ask. You do life with those who are wise. And then, at some time, you just have to decide. 38 years ago, Karate Kid 1 came out. Can you believe it's 31 years ago? 38 years ago? I I just love the scene. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and your son must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? When I saw that and referred to that, I was thinking of Matthew. Jesus' sermon on that, that your yes be yes, your no be no. There's no middle of the road. Otherwise, you get squished like grapes. You've got to make a decision. Why? Because after you ask for wisdom, James says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And with all the choices and all the pressure, we always want to make the perfect decision. We always want to make the right choice. And because there's so much pressure, because there's so much choices, we can't decide, woe is me. And we walk in the middle and get squished like grapes. But pastor, what happens if I don't make the right decision? Guess what? You learn wisdom. You get wisdom. Wisdom is only as good 
if you don't make that same mistake again. <laughs> one of my favorite, well, I, should say, I shouldn't say one of my favorite books. Max Licato, I mean not Max Licato, John Maxwell. His favorite book of mine is Failing Forward. You know it's okay to fail? Failing Forward. And in his book, he quotes Charles Spurgeon. God uses people who fail because there aren't any other kind around. Listen, I know we want to make the right choice. We We need divine direction. And sometimes it's perfectly clear. There are certain things we should do and certain things we shouldn't do. And it's perfectly clear in God's word. But then there are other times when it's not so clear. What do we do? You ask for wisdom. You do life with the wise. And then you make a decision. Because no decision is, wor- is worse than a decision. Because we get squished like grapes. And if you make the wrong decision, you get wisdom and experience. Joshua said it this way, but if serving Lord seems undesirable to you, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Choose this day. Will you serve the gods of your forefathers beyond the rivers or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living? But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Make a decision. And sometimes it's three steps forward and one step back. But that step back, I have learned experience, I have gotten wisdom not to make that mistake again. Sometimes, yes, he'll give you the vision. He'll give you the dream. He'll have someone to speak in your life to tell you what it is that God wants you to do. But a lot of times the norm is it's step by step. And as long as there's an open door, I'm keep moving forward. But if that door is closed, I'm not going to try to knock it down. I really like how Paul puts it when he wrote to the church at Thessalonica. So whether we could stand so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We didn't say God told them to say. We we just thought it best. There are times when you make a decision, you just have to think it's best. As a pastor, let's be honest, there are times when I get divine direction from God that I know where we're going. And other times, it's step by step that I just think it's best. And that's okay. Because 
He gives us instructions. He teaches us. He counsels us. And through his teaching and through his counsel, I just think it's best that we do. And that's okay. God, through your instruction, through your counsel, I just think it's best. Therefore, I trust in you. And if the door stays open, you walk through it. If God closes the door, then you go in a different direction. Make a decision. Who's made a decision what Cheerio you want? Yes. But what am I going to do about my next service? I'll put your name on it, and you got it. Has anybody made a decision for the pumpkin? Really? Oh, sick. We have some who can just make decisions without even visions. God bless you. <laughs> Listen, I'm not knocking dreams. I'm not knocking visions. I'm not knocking hearing an audible voice of God. But in Scripture, we read it and we think it's the norm. Sometimes it's just step by step by step with the teaching and the wisdom. And you think it best and you make a decision and you move. And if you fail, you learn some wisdom not to do it again. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, how we need divine direction today in our life. God, I thank you for dreams and visions. Thank you for speaking to us through others, through prophetic words. And then there are other times, Lord, Sometimes it's not always that clear. But it's through your teaching. It's through doing life with the wise. It's through asking. We get to a point where without a bit or a bridle, you've given us a free will to do our best to make a decision. Jesus, just as we've been singing throughout the past few weeks, just be the center. Be the center. We need your counsel. We need your instruction. That as we walk step by step, give us divine direction. Let us know who we are. Let us know our true motive. Jesus. We're going to sing this song in just a moment. I just, I, I, I just feel so impressed this morning. So impressed. That you're, if you're in need of a touch from the Lord physically. The Bible says, let them call upon the elders and they'll be anointed with oil. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So this altar service is for those who's in need of physical healing, of physical touch, as well as for you, you need to make an important decision.
and you need his divine direction, his wisdom. 